We got Coach Desi joining us on the program today. We're going to get into the midseason injury report on the 49ers. Long-term outlook, not only on players that the 49ers are hoping to get back this year, like Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw, but Christian McCaffrey. What's his past injury history say about how he could potentially be injured into the future? And Trey Lance, what to expect about Trey Lance? What's actually going on with Trey Lance's injured ankle? All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock, alongside Eric Crocker, as always. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is presented by Prize Picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. For those of you on YouTube, you might already notice there is a third person in the room with us today. We've got Coach Desi joining us to break down all of the injuries that are going on with the San Francisco 49ers. Hopefully get a lot of players back here post-bye week and have a really healthy second half of the season. Uh, The 49ers coming off a game against the Rams, not only were they victorious, the injury report was blank post-game. I don't know if I've ever seen that before, so maybe some good luck on the injury front coming for the 49ers for the second half of the season. Uh, First of all, thank you, Coach Desi, for joining us here on the show. And uh, I know after... The, the words Coach Desi, it says P-A-C-C-P-T. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, what those uh, what those letters mean? Because uh, I think you've had to you, – you probably went to school for a whole lot of time to earn those letters next to your name. Yeah, so I'm a physician assistant, and I've been practicing for about 20 years. I'm also a certified personal trainer, and my background is in emergency medicine, orthopedics, and now I own my own practice in weight loss and prevention medicine. We might have to talk a little bit about some weight loss uh, and stuff maybe after the podcast off the air. Croc's doing well for himself. He got himself under 200 pounds. I haven't seen under 200 pounds since I was probably in high school. So uh, <laughs> I need some help in that regard. But let's stick. Uh, well, I met, I met Coach Desi in Atlanta and, you know, having drinks, eating food. That definitely didn't help me stay under 200 pounds. That's for sure. Those secret calories, the drinks will get you, man. And that definitely has gotten me over the course of the last uh decade or so for sure um yeah married life will, will add a few pounds for whatever reason and dad life too croc right the oh, dad yeah. pod's n- not a, it's no joke it, it's a real thing that happens and it is happening to me hard right now uh, <laughs> coach let's talk about trey lance let's start there that is the future of the franchise that was put on hold this year because of the ankle injury is it an ankle is it a, a leg I've, I've been really confused on the wording of Trey Lance's injury and what exactly is injured there? What is broken? What is not? Can you break down what exactly is going on with Trey Lance's injury and what the timetable and recovery might look like? Yeah. So I, um, it is an ankle. Um, I have, you know, thank you for putting the image up. It definitely helps me explain what's going on. So in the lower for those leg, of you, you have, sorry, sorry to interrupt here. Uh, for those of you that are watching on YouTube, we've got a nice, uh, a, a nice graphic here that explains everything. And we'll try to explain it as well for those of you who are only on the audio pods and, and listening there. And if you want to check out the YouTube version, you should definitely check that out and hit subscribe, hit the thumbs up and all that. Okay, go take it away, Coach Desi. Okay. So in the low 
lower leg, you have two um, main bones. You have the tibia, which is, you know, the main weight bearing bone of the lower leg. And you have the fibula, which is next to it. And those kind of straddle, if you will, the talus bone. And so um, with Trey's injury and, and this, this area here, in between the tibia and the fibula, the two lower leg, the two bones of the lower leg, there's some connective tissue, interosseous membrane. In the front of it, in the lower part, there is a tibiofibular ligament. And that is really, really important um, in Trey's injury. So what happened is it looks like he really forcefully dorsiflexed, which means bringing the toes way up high, and there was a, a external rotation of it. So when you when you have that, you stress the um, the, the talus that's underneath the tibia and it kind of pushes up and it separates that ligament, that tibiofibular ligament, and it tears that apart along with the interosseous membrane, which is a little higher up. But the rupture of the inter interosseous membrane is kind of more like your high ankle sprain, if you will. On the inside of the ankle is something called your deltoid, your, right at the medial, medial malleoli, which comes off the tibia. And, and it seems like as he externally rotated, that got disrupted. So when I first saw the injury, I thought, okay, he's got a break. Maybe he'll get you know a nice plate. He'll, he'll be back. I, I calculated, I'm like, oh, it's September. You know, there's time. But uh, when I read the report after, it was it was not just a fracture, which is the fracture of the fibula, which is of all the bones you want to break, the fibula is, is the one. I think it it only carries about 10% of the body's weight. So again, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh great, he he fractured the fibula. But when you when you when I looked a little bit closer, there was a fracture and dislocation. So because he ruptured those ligaments that are around the the ankle there between the tibia and fibula, it opens it up. So if you think about, for those of you that can't see the image, think about chopsticks hugging a sushi roll. Okay, so the sushi roll kind of pushes up and I it separates sushi. the chopsticks out. <laughs> um, and so that separation there creates a, a joint instability. And that's the problem that, that we're looking at with Trey. If you think about Dak Prescott's injury, he, his was much worse. Obviously, after that injury, you could see the obvious dislocation. And, you know, I think he also had a compound fracture, which is where the bone fractures and pushes through the skin. So there's a higher chance of infection. It's a lot more um, uh, stressful of an injury, so to speak. And it, it for Trey, it's gonna take, I think they said four to six months for recovery. So I don't know that we're getting him back this year, um, but hey, Dak looks good, right? So if Dak can do it, I think Trey can do it. He's young, right? Trey's 22 right. years old. I think he's got good chance to, to heal up and, and be in good shape next year. Is this type of injury something that will sort of sap some of the athleticism from a player, or is this a, a, the type of injury where after rehab, could he come back uh, a full year later and be ready to start the next season and pretty much be 100% and be physically similar to, to what he was before the injury? I think there's definitely that possibility. It depends. I don't have all the information on what happened during surgery. Um, and that is for... Um, high sprain and some, you know, uh, injuries similar to this. There's something called a tightrope surgery. They would take a screw and drill right through the tibia to the fibula to kind of bring those two joints together. Your two chopsticks, bring them together and kind of hold them there so there's no instability. But when you have a screw there, screws can back up, back out. There's not a lot of play in the joint. You want to have a little bit of play in the joint. Naturally, that's what ligaments allow for. Um, so the tightrope is, is something that has... Um, come together. I think Tua uh, 
Tua had it when he was in college. He had a high ankle sprain and they did that surgery. What that is, it's a, um, a heavy, heavy suture. It's like a rope, if you will, that they kind of drill through. And it's it's basically a tightrope. <laughs> it's, it's a good term for it. And they put a button on each side. And so now you have a little bit of play and stability. I'm guessing they probably still plated that fibula. But again, I, I this is all, you know, just speculation. I'm not quite sure what happened. So we'll see how he heals. Going beyond Trey Lance, there's a ton of 49ers injuries. I'm really fascinated on, um, and, and one of the big aspects of, of why running backs don't have as much value as they should in the NFL is because of injuries. And Christian McCaffrey has an injury history. And uh, I, I'm interested to find out if his past injury history is something that you think would be something that would be um, the type of injury history that would mean he was more likely to be injured in the future. And then I want to talk about Javon Kinlaw chronic knee stuff that we've heard about the fact that he's you know on the shelf again is sort of disheartening for a lot of 49ers fans that were waiting for that Javon Kinlaw breakout and of course Eric Armstead with his plantar fasciitis and what's going on there and uh, how long it takes a 300 pounder to get back when uh, you know his foot is what's ailing him it seems like something that has gone on a lot longer than I think some people expected with Eric Armstead so we'll get into all of that next with coach Desi, but first I want to let the folks out there know about Blue Nile. Whether you are looking to pop the question, maybe have a milestone to celebrate, or want to let your love sparkle, Blue Nile can help you make your celebrations even more memorable. As the original online jeweler, Blue Nile offers the largest selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced significantly below traditional retailers. Blue Nile has helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Their easy online tools let you choose the diamond shape, size, clarity as well as the setting style then blue niles bench jewelers will go help you handcraft her perfect one-of-a-kind engagement ring and if you're like me and you have trouble deciding what to purchase when it comes to jewelry or that special gift for that special person in your life or maybe you want to get something for mom blue nile has jewelry experts on hand 24 7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget so make your moment sparkle with Blue Nile. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. That's BlueNile.com, promo code LOCKEDON to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. BlueNile.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. 49ers made a big splash, and uh, Desi, I'm sure you were excited about Christian McCaffrey joining the 49ers, as a lot of people were. And he had such a dynamite game last week for the 49ers. Now the 49ers have a bye, and, and he's probably hitting the, the playbook hard, talking to coaches, trying to get ready to be even more ingrained into Kyle Shanahan's playbook. I The big worry for me, when you give up a lot of, whether it's money or draft capital, to bring in a running back, the level of attrition at the running back position is just so high in the NFL. Now, Christian McCaffrey has missed a lot of time over the last few years. He's missed more games than he's played since 2019. When you look at his injury history, do you think that's an injury history that gets you worried that he might be more likely to get hurt versus another running back? 
You know, it's interesting. Um, I looked up his injury history and, um, you know, coming into the league, he really didn't have much going on in the, in the way of injury. He had like an inguinal hip pull back in 2016, missed one game. Um, coming into the league, uh, he did he did well. There was, uh, I found it wasn't easy to find, but I found that he had some kind of surgery on his shoulder after his rookie year. Uh, I don't have a lot of details on that. What surgery, a labral tear, or something like that. Um, he did okay after that. I mean, the great repair, which one happened. And he was playing his injuries in 2020. We had to no preseason. And um, there was a study that conducted that uh, conclusion was the rate of injury in the NFL players during weeks one through four of the 2020, 2021 regular season was significantly higher than that of the three recent past NFL preseasons and regular seasons. Okay. So hold on to that because most of his injuries happened in 2020 and it happened within those first four weeks. So uh, the start of the NFL season in September 20, uh, 20th of 2020, he had the, the high ankle sprain and that took him out um, for several weeks. He came back in November, had a shoulder AC joint separation, which, you know, can happen. Um, he missed four games and then he came back in December and had a glute strain. So that was all 2020 if you took out 2020 the only and the only things he's had is that shoulder surgery that really was talked about and then he had the hamstring strain and ankle sprain so that's pretty good you know all things considered now i pulled some data from other uh running backs in the nfl nick chubbs is about four years in he had uh before he came into the league he tore his pcl mcl lcl and had a knee dislocation that's coming into the league and he came in in 2020 had a, a sprain of his MCL. Um, so he's sensible injuries. Um, partly, um, he had ACL reconstruction along with the ankle sprains and you know, the normal stuff that you'll see with, with running backs. Um, uh, he's three years in. Um, he's got in 2020, he had four different injuries alone, MCL strain, knee sprains, um, and he's had a number of injuries since then. Derrick Henry was the only one who wasn't injured in 2020, <laughs> um, but he's had a couple of fractures. So, I mean, if you compare what Christian McCaffrey's dealt with, um, he's essentially had that one shoulder surgery, but no other surgeries, nothing to his knees, no, you know, no big instability of, of, of massive joints in his lower legs. So, I'm excited. I'm really excited about Christian McCaffrey. I think it was a good move. And, uh, you know, I think I texted Eric right before this past weekend. And I was like, I looked up his history. I think he's going to be good. He's going to have a great game on Sunday. So we all are just hoping that it continues throughout the season. So we can definitely see that ROI. Yeah, that's that's fantastic news that, yeah, the lack of surgeries is huge. No major knee injuries. And so, you know, He's, he still plays a, a position where he's going to get hit a lot and the, the attrition is high at running back, but knowing that he's not more susceptible to injury than any other running back would be at this point due to his past injuries is a really good sign. And I think that's fantastic information. So uh, that makes me feel a lot better about what the 49ers gave up to get him. And I know a lot of 49ers fans that might've been on the fence about it might uh, jump on the side of the fence of, yeah, let's, uh, let, let's go get this thing. And with uh, with what the 49ers have done with Christian McCaffrey already after a couple of games, uh, it's exciting. So, yeah, let's see this play out and hopefully knock on wood that 
uh, that injury luck, uh, the bad luck for injuries for Christian McCaffrey is behind him. And we can go forward here with a healthy uh, playmaker because, man, uh, he was awesome for the 49ers last week. Uh, Ms. Desi. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, or Coach Desi. Can you also kind of touch a little bit on the Javon Kinlaw uh, injury? Because you and I, we spoke about that a little bit. And you dug into it. And you actually have some new information since then. But uh, it's not as good of news uh -oh. as what we got for, about McCaffrey's injuries, right? I mean, this is something when you start talking about the knees and what he was uh, drafted to be. And you talked about some of the, uh, the red flags that you saw kind of, you know, with uh, in, the, in the draft process. Can you touch on that a little bit? All right. So there was definite flags um, for, for Javon Kinlaw as he was heading into the league. Um, he had tendonitis of both knees. He had a labral tear of the hip and a back injury. And he was actually flagged for concerns of arthritis in both knees um, reported by the NFL Network um, as well as his back injury. So with arthritis and, and tendonitis, those are chronic conditions that, you know, you're, you're, they're not going to go away very easily. And they can rear its ugly head a lot of times throughout, you know, football, right? I mean, he's got a, a, a job where he's really pushing against people, pulling, trying to do cutting movements. I mean, you need your knees in the top possible condition they can be in. So um, then he comes into the league. He has his ACL reconstruction. And um, Dr. McAdams, who's the, the 49ers team doc, had issued a statement after evaluation of knee and surgery confirmed suspicions that ACL had chronic changes that would best be treated with ACL reconstruction. Now, the key term there is chronic changes. This wasn't an acute injury. And so when you think about what could have caused that, it's like multiple sprains or a partial, partial tear or maybe even a vulsion injury where a piece of the bone has pulled away from um, at the insertion site of the tendon, the tendon kind of pulled a piece of the bone away. Um, so these are chronic, chronic, chronic conditions. And I'm not confident that this is going to be the last time we hear about, you know, situations with his knees. Um, I think the last I read is recently with his current, you know, um, knee issues, he's having effusions. And so that's swelling of the knee joint itself. Um, and so I'm not quite sure but, I don't know what this means for him long term. It doesn't. It doesn't look promising. And I definitely want it for him. He's a he's a great player. Um, you know, I, I I adore what he does. I want it for him, but it looks rough. <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer because he came into camp in such good shape and thought, okay, maybe you know lighter weight would be better on his knees. But it sounds like something that potentially, no matter what he does, it's just if he tries to play on it, it's going to swell up and that's going to put an end to it, right? Yeah, the only thing I'm hopeful for is he's he's exactly about he's exactly a year out from his ACL reconstruction. So could this still just be inflammatory reaction to, you know, surgery? I mean, I'm hopeful for that. But, you know, he, that doesn't account for the other issues that we we know he's dealing with in his knees as well. Damn. Uh, worse news on Kinlaw than McCaffrey, that's for sure. Um, well, the other one I really wanted to ask you about was Eric Armstead. What's it like for a 300 pound player with plantar fasciitis? It seems like a foot injury that's really taken a long time for him to heal. Uh, is, is that normal for a player for it to take this long? And is that the type of injury that someone can come back from and, or, or something that could really linger for a long time? Yeah. Plantar fasciitis takes runners out. I mean, people who, you know, run for, you know, they just, that's what they do is they're, they're runners and it can take them out. And, and just 
never return to running. So this is a, another chronic condition that you can improve, you can get better, you can have periods where you get better or get worse. But um, again, a big guy like that, you know, you're putting a lot of weight and pressure, that's your foundation and you're gripping the ground. You need those feet, you know, for what he does. I, I had, he's one of my favorite players. And so I'm like, we need Eric Armstead back. We need him back. Um, but he's another one that I'm, I'm, even if we get him back, I only foresee him back for maybe a couple games. And, and this might be something that again, becomes, problematic as the season continues and and what exactly is the fascia it's just tissue that in the middle of the foot is that correct yeah it attaches to the the heel the calcaneus and then it fans out um and creates the arch in the in the foot and so um you know you can get a falling of the arch and then it pulls at the insertion side of the heel and it becomes very very painful um and yeah it's it's problematic it can actually tear all the way away and sometimes that's the answer. That's the fix. But <laughs> but it's painful all the way through. I was having a tough time. I I kind of diagnosed myself, and I'm like, I think I got plantar fasciitis, and like my basically my heel was like really inflamed, and uh, they said you know sometimes depending on the type of shoe you wear, it can cause that. Obviously, you know playing years of football that doesn't help either. But I end up wearing a lot of like and I, I put the inserts into my shoes. I'd put the inserts in my socks so I could wear like Crocs. And then that's when I went to wearing more Crocs than actually wearing sneakers. So, you know, I mean, right now, if you look at my feet, I got my Crocs on right now, right? So uh, pretty much outside of actually going out somewhere, you see me in Crocs. And I think that has helped me a lot with at least my heel being inflamed, but maybe it wasn't exactly what's going on with Eric Armstead. <laughs> no, and I think um, for him, I'm sure they've already tried that, right? I'm sure they've they've done inserts. I'm sure they've maybe even done a, a steroid injection um, and done some some modalities, strength training. Um, this is this is physical therapy, you know, just working, 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 and trying to get that uh, that insertion site to calm down. All right. Well, since you're helping out Eric Crocker, um, maybe you can help me out. I got bone and bone on bone. I had uh, a meniscus injury a long time ago, 15, 20 years ago now. I got bone on bone in my knee. Uh, what, what do you got for me? What, what what can I do to keep the pressure off my knee but still keep in shape? Because basketball is the, the one thing I've always used to stay in shape, and that one's really rough on my knee. It, it swells up pretty much every single time. How are you with swimming? Um, I like yeah, swimming's good. Yeah, I don't swimming. have a I don't have a pool that I can use now. I, I'm in a new location. I got to find a gym that that has a pool, and then I can do that for sure. Swimming, biking, non-high impact activities would be fantastic. But movement is key. Arthritis, nothing better than keeping moving and staying flexible. Okay. You know, you talked about the pool and getting in water, and that was a big part of like recovery when I was in the NFL. You have like these, I don't even know what to call it. It's, it's it has like a camera underwater, and you get in like you know you submerge yourself into it, and then you do a bunch of various uh, exercises that they have you do in the water, and it helps with a lot of the recovery, uh, you know, whether, you, you know, you have like high ankle sprain, wh whatever it is. I don't know if it just takes the pressure off. I just did what they told me to do. <laughs> All yeah. right. But yeah. um, uh, we would do a lot of the work in the actual water. Yeah, it definitely takes the load off the joints. So it allows, you know, to get greater range of motion and movement without the, the compression of your, your weight on top of it. It's amazing. It, it's amazing what they're able to do with physical therapy with, with some of these athletes, get them ready to play. Um, 
and like the, the science of it just kind of blows my mind with the, what they're able to do and, and get people to heal faster. And I, I don't really understand the science of it, but it, it's 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 pretty awesome to see how a team of players and a team of doctors and therapists and trainers at the NFL level and how much work they put in and what they do and all the massage and everything they go through and the treatment every single day to get out there and play and uh, what these athletes go through uh, and the time the time they put in is almost as much time as they put into playing football. It's yeah. pretty horrible. And they have to. I mean, it's so critical for what they do. I mean, it's it's grueling work that they do on the field, both what we see on TV and, and even on the practice field and, you know, in the gyms and, and everywhere else. It's it's work. All right, Coach. Well, I'm going to I'm going to get with you and, and we'll figure out the rest of my training routine to get me back into game shape. Croc's already looking pretty good getting himself into game shape. Where are you at, Croc, right now? 199 pounds, something like that? Uh, 198. I stepped on the scale this morning and I was 198. Yeah. And I, I know they say stay away from the scale. Matter of fact, if anybody out there is listening and they have a specific number that they want to get to, Coach Desi actually has a great question for you. So, Coach Desi, do you want to ask them what happens when they get to that number? Yeah, I always, that's my favorite question to ask a patient. What happens at that number? And they always look at me kind of sideways, like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, why that number? Where, where did that come from? And they they think about it and they just, it's usually the blank stare. And I say, well, I mean, let's think about that. Does someone show up at your front door with a check? Does confetti fall out of the sky? Does fireworks go off? And the answer is usually no. And I say, okay, great. So, you know, let's try to move away from that number and think about what is it that you want to accomplish? Do you want to have better endurance? Do you want to be able to play with your kids? Do you want to be able to get back to bike riding or running or something like that? Or, you know, is it just a matter of getting off medications or, you know, what are your health measures? And let's start there and let's work on just feeling better. And then, and then, we, you know, wherever that number ends up being where you feel good and you feel like you look good, then that's where we stop. Whatever number. I do have, I do have this hip injury and I have no idea what it is. Maybe you can diagnose me without even seeing it or anything, <laughs> or maybe you could just kind of tell me where it might stem from, but I've never really had any bad injuries outside of my high ankle sprain. All right. And there's been little things, shoulders, you know, stuff playing football, but for the most part, nothing too crazy. A couple years ago, I'm training some athletes on the football field and I'm just jogging, not doing anything else, just jogging. And all of a sudden my, my hip, it just started getting like really, I don't know, it was weird, like weak or tight. And by the end of that day, it was, it was just hurting so bad. So I'm not sure what it is. I just know I couldn't really move. And I had a, an athlete that flew in from out of state to train with me. So I pushed through that weekend, just trying to figure it out. Um, eventually I'm thinking like, man, is my like hip out of place or something? Like, you know, it just felt like that type of pain. Like anytime wow. there was any type of pressure on it, it was hurting really bad. Uh, at that time I was moving furniture a lot. And anytime I pick something up and carry it, and then once I put it down, I just feel like that pressure almost kind of release and it was hurting a lot. So I'm thinking, okay, let me go see a chiropractor. So I go see a chiropractor and some of the things he had me doing, uh, you know, he adjusted me and everything, but it almost felt like it was more of a muscle injury than an actual, like my bone being dislocated. Cause I, again, I don't know what's going on. Well, ever since then, I just have this pain in my hip, in my joint. And it's not something that gradually happened. It was something that boom, one day it just hurts. And then it's never gone away. And I, my wife would tell you, I probably need to see the doctor more, but I just think like, oh, okay, eventually it'll go away. Well, it, it hasn't. 
And if I do something where like maybe I just like push my legs out, I can just feel that tension. Now I just say, well, maybe I just need to warm up longer. So I just start warming up longer when I'm doing workouts and whatnot. But at some point, especially like running full speed and stuff, I can feel that joint pain. And again, it wasn't something that built up gradually. It was just one day, boom. And two years later, it still hasn't necessarily gone away. So I don't know if you can kind of tell me what's going on there, but I hope it's not tendonitis or something. <laughs> um, it's tricky. Sometimes hip pain actually comes from the lower back. Sometimes it's sciatic pain um, that can show up very differently than hip joint pain. So usually when someone is doing an assessment on a patient with that complaint, we usually try to isolate whether it's really arising from the back or if it's coming from the hip joint itself. Um, is it in the front of the hip, the side or the back? Side. Okay. I so, think. yeah, it may not be the hip joint. It might either be coming from the lower back, which makes sense if you were moving furniture. Um, it could be a little bursitis, but that's generally, usually doesn't really get painful with running. It's usually kind of there and painful. Is it painful to touch anywhere around? No, it's not painful to touch. And the weird thing, I can go on a run, like I can go on a jog yeah. and I'm fine. But like sprinting, that's when I can start to feel that, like, you know, trying to get a nice knee drive. Yeah. That's when I feel it most in the sense of it kind of like hurting me during a physically, physical activity. But mm -hmm. like if I'm just sitting here and I kind of like press my knees in or something or press my knees out, then I can kind of feel the tension on that. Okay. So that might be coming from your SI joint. It could be, it could be, it could be back. It could be okay. back. But it's hard to say. I know, right? You, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, Croc needs to go see Coach Desi, and he might need a legiotomy. Uh, Coach, <laughs> thanks for joining us on the podcast, giving us some information on some of those 49ers injuries. Uh, if somebody does need your services, where can they find you? Coach Desi. Coach Desi on um, Instagram, coachdesi.com. Fusion HFX is the name of my practice. Um, but reach out. I'm on Facebook as well, Coach Desi. Fantastic stuff. Thanks again. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Croc and I back tomorrow. We're going to have a little mid-season State of the Franchise roundtable with some special guests. Talk to you then right here at Locked On 49ers.